0: All these years of teaching people it, stimulate and exercise your dog mentally and physically. Mental, physical, mental. Like, oh, that was my mantra. And then it like, was a moment where I thought, sat back and gone, why aren't I stimulating myself mentally and, and physically? And if I am, where am I doing it and how do I do it? So that's what um, like going to that BJJ class um, once a week does for me. Is, yeah, okay, I'm not like on the pursuit to like go into competition and be really good at it. I'm doing it because it's challenging. It's um, great for the body like i'm so sweaty at the end of it it's crazy um but also it's a mind and body exercise like you're having to think and move under pressure and we want to try to use that sort of um understanding towards our dogs stimulate your dog mentally and physically it's not just a walk the walk has to be dynamic enough for the dog to have a job welcome to life with your dog podcast our focus is educating dog owners, enthusiasts and dog trainers about ideas on how to train, manage, live and thrive with our dogs. To teach dogs to live in our society while our dogs teach us how to live in the now. I'm your host Panos Anagnostou
1: and I'm your co-host Luke Badman. Thank you for joining us and we hope you enjoy the show.
0: All right. Good. Yeah. All right. Well, another we're back episode again. Let's we do it. In. Yeah.
1: <laughs> we, we talked over the top of each other. Um, so, today
0: is actually for the dog trainers out there. Yeah, for dog trainers is what we're focusing on. I've got a few things that I've outlaid for everyone. So, yeah. I mean, from- this podcast is, um,
1: I guess you could say overall, it's probably aimed at the, the pet owner or enthusiast.
0: But we know that there are trainers out there listening to us. Well, look, I think if you are a trainer, you should be listening to things like this, not just obviously our show but others because because what you're probably teaching to your clients is what we're talking about. So, the more you listen to how other people would convey the information, then you pick that on, take that on and then use the things and steal them to use it in your own practice.
1: if if you're a pet owner who's putting these things into practice, you are kind of a trainer anyway. So, why limit yourself?
0: 100%. You know, they're all just words, right? But I guess- First topic was um first subtopic today is keep learning so I guess it's kind of related to what we just said is that um you know I've started um Nutri's Pooches in 2011 so we're almost around 8 years running we've seen Coming like Coming up you know, on a decade soon almost, really, really, yeah, yeah, yeah well going we to do a big party big dog walk <laughs> and um and I think one thing that has been like really like really really valuable to me is is constantly learning mm-hmm. you know going to seminars you know, hanging out with other dog trainers or watching their videos and, you know, listening to other podcasts or, you know, subscribe to a couple of new video series, you know, just watch what other people are doing, take from them. Like, you know, Learberg has an awesome range of trainers like um, Michael Ellis and Tyler Mudo. And What's Learberg? Leberg is like a dog training platform. So, back in the day, they used to make a whole bunch of DVDs and like, so Ed Frawley I think his name is Ed Frawley, and um, would make these videos and then send them out. or, like people can purchase them. You know, have people like Ivan Balabanov and, um, you know, said Michael Ellis, uh, some like the bigger names, and there's a whole range, like, you know, um, um, Forrest Mickey as well. Mm-hmm. So um like you know like definitely subscribe to like their youtube channel for example get as much as you can from as many places so much free content out there like larry crone puts a whole bunch of good yeah. stuff on we talk always about glenn and pat on the There's can it's definitely I, not on. a lack of content there isn't you know and we're in the information age you got a phone right in front of you um you should be definitely taking advantage of of the of the encyclopedia that we have in our pocket every day
1: one thing i heard pat say um i seem to reference pat a lot on this but um bit of, got a man crush. i'm a bit of a fan um he was saying, you know, like, yeah, there's plenty of information out there, um, but maybe the issue is if you pick something like let's say, for example, um, like he he made a puppy si- a puppy um, series that you mm-hmm. can purchase,, yep. so make sure you go through it properly. Don't do like one percent of a hundred different things. do a hundred percent of one thing, yeah, before you move on totally. and make sure you're actually um, completing it and doing it sure? properly.
0: Well, look, like, you know, we have Facebook I go on YouTube. So most of the things that I subscribe to and I want to see it will pop up in the morning. And if I have time, I'll watch the three minute videos like, wow, I took that new, um, technique on. And, um, and that's something to think about. It does it reinforce like, or even going to a seminar is the best example. You're there for two or three days. You're listening to. Um, to someone else's perspective and the conversation that comes from it. If you can leave with one thing from that seminar and you can try to apply it and it makes your job better and it makes, mm. and it benefits owners and their dogs, well, then you're in the winning. If you could take more than one thing, that's 10 times better.
1: I heard someone say it was on another podcast, completely unrelated to dogs, but he was saying that whenever he listens to a podcast afterwards, he writes down one thing that he or the, the biggest takeaway for him from that podcast, regardless of what the topic is. Um, and it helps him to solidify what he's learned or what he can yeah. remember from that podcast for sure. or, a, or a video or whatever it is.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, if I like, look, there you know, two things I could say about the keep learning thing is that I was like going on my YouTube channel and I think it was on Google Drive. Like something came up uh, on an app on my phone and I was, I was watching videos from 2012. Mm. Now I'm doing the same things and actually it was, it was, I was like pretty like, oh, wow, it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, not for me training, but how I was like getting my client to do like the downstay or whatever it was. And my language is very similar. Obviously, there's heaps of new things that I've done up until then. If I'm doing the same thing I was doing almost ten years ago, then you haven't been Something's growing, wrong, yeah. right? You got to keep improving. When someone like hasn't seen you in like ages and go, man, you've changed. That's a compliment. Hopefully, change for the better though. But like, you shouldn't be the same person um, or same technique that you're using. Obviously, your your foundation is the same, but there's a few little extra ways that you convey information or the technique that you use. Um, you've become a little bit more aware of the dog in, in all of your training and also how like you can do it and the dog may understand it, but how do you convey the information to, to that person? So the way that you learn and you can take on the technical, um, like definitions to the technique that you're practicing and then put into a practical way. The only way you're going to do that is by picking other people's brains and, Mm -hmm. you know, um, Or like if you haven't done a course but you're you're really good at training, do a different course. Even if you don't resonate 100% with it, it could be a positive-only, force-free trainer that gives you heaps of cool tips to improve your positive reinforcement training. Mm. Or maybe to see another trainer and they've done something, gone, that didn't work out the way that I would have liked it to work out. Maybe that's a good thing. Uh, Maybe something that I probably won't take on. You should
1: always assume that the person you're talking to knows something that you don't. I think that's one of Jordan's rules. JP. yeah, Yeah. That's it. Uncle Jordan.
0: He is our wise old man. (laughs) We need more elders in our life and we access our elders um, online, right? And I get that's a whole part of that learning is that if you're just going to be lone wolf out there training dogs, like, of course, that's what I do. Mm. But you've got to be plugged into a community. Do you think that's a bit of a
1: um, common thing in the dog industry? Like, and I've heard um, Glenn and Pat talk about it is that, I mean, yeah, like most trainers are working by themselves and- From what I've heard them talk about stuff online, like what happens online, there can be a bit of clashing within the industry and tribalism, whereas it's probably more beneficial to everyone if everyone tries to come together a bit more as a community.
0: Our our goal is to be training dogs and to improve the dog's life and the owner and dog relationship. So, that's our goal. I know people are going to disagree on different techniques, different Mm. modalities and, and school of thought, but- And, of course, put a whole bunch of people together, politics will will arise no matter what industry about anything. But I know that in dog training, of course, I I see it because I'm involved in it. Um, I try to stay away from all all the BS um, just because it just drains your energy and you burn out. And you can burn out by, you know, like, yeah, I'm a dog trainer. So people are like, wow, you do training all day and that's all you do. I've got to take the phone calls, got to make the phone calls. I've got to, you know, um, address the social media. i got to get those posts out every day. We've got this happening. We've got, um, not to mention, all the bills that need to be paid and, you know, sort out all just business running. So we're not just dog trainers and you go home after you finish work and you're not working. Like, mm. you know, we're running a business. as On top of having to deal with different people and their dogs and on top of improving yourself, so you can do the best that mm. you can, you know. And, and it can get stressful, just like anything else. So if you're constantly learning, and then when you're learning, you're plugging yourself in with the with the community of other trainers, and that way, there you can share your um, your strength and weaknesses. You can see that other people are going through it, and they've come up with a way of dealing with it, etc. Um, and you got to have like a aside from keep learning, you got to have a life outside of dog training. It can't just be dogs, dogs, dogs all the time, unless you're fully into it. You can do that, but for mm. me personally, I have a whole lot of other things that I like to do. Like, obviously, I've got a family, and I've got um, my 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 own dogs. That is is outside of training because I have dogs because I yeah. like to be around my dogs. your pets, not- yeah, exactly. But also, and not just
1: work work. Tools or work, you know, for w- sure. Work companions, yeah.
0: yeah. You know, and like I like to go camping and do outdoor stuff, and I like to martial you know, arts. Martial arts, I do. I work out, and I like to you know hang out and talk shit with my friends. Like you know, you got to be your own mm. self as well. Don't be so married to just this one thing because you become really locked in, and and you do find so blinders on, yeah to, yeah, to tunnel vision, you know. But like obviously, I, I, I watch a video even if it's outside of work time because I dig it. I do watch. I do enjoy watching. And learning new things, so you got to. Ha- if you have the passion for it, it's not work. It's just um, doing what you love to do, you know. So, but if you keep learning and keep improving, and you know, like once a year, at least once a year, I want to go to a new seminar. If I can go two or three, that's awesome. But it has to co- align with my life, along with financial and. Work. So
1: last year you went to Pat's Napopo. Yes, I did. Yeah, ser- seminar. Any others? Yeah
0: last year i think last year was one of the slower years i was gonna leo was born though so we'll we'll cut you some slack yeah (laughs) the year before that all the years merge into one big blob so it's hard to um but like all in up like in the last like you know eight years i've probably gone to like 12 different seminars Mm. um i would have loved to go to a whole lot more but you know um time-wise and look and networking is like it's it's invaluable the way that you can network with other trainers you can recommend people outside of the area or you can bounce off ideas or if you find one dog's too hard for you you can what's recommend the group them called them.
1: the balance symposium
0: balance symposium but that's limited to people sorry that have um that have done the end tf course okay. so um but so i'll be in there hopefully. you'll be in this and you'll be a part of the tribe <laughs> mm. but like having like a, a group like that um allows us to go hey i've got this question what do you reckon about this and there's like so many groups out there so it's not limited to that but Find that, um, the trainers that you, you resonate with and, um, and bounce ideas off each other, you know, um, Hey, we can even make life with your dog something that we, you know, like we're more than happy to people to comment on different places or we can put things out there and we can start creating a bit of a discussion ourselves. Mm-hmm. But you know, the point here is that if you're, if you stay still, like if you're not, you only grow outside of your comfort zone. So if you want to learn something new, it's got to be a little bit uncomfortable and then you got to like integrate that technique that new technique into the things that you do. So the one that I did before that, like I took a couple of good points from um, Forrest and Josh Moran seminar. They came out and um, we, you know, talking more about like their, 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 their methods of training. And there was a couple of things that I took from it, but it was kind of, O- not opposite, but it was different to how I do it, mm. and I wanted to see well, how can I use that technique in specifically to how I do things already mm. and and it may not be that you do that with every dog, but you may you have that one tool in the toolbox for that one particular dog, and then over time you see how the technique works, and then you can then create it into your own um expression so um which then leads us on to, you know, review what has worked and what hasn't worked. So if you are learning new things and something's worked, awesome, keep it. If you're trying something and it doesn't work or or you thought it used to work but now that you're getting heaps more experience with seeing more dogs and you're going, I don't even think, I thought that worked but it actually doesn't work, maybe not for every dog or maybe for not this particular dog or whatever, you um you use what works and you drop what doesn't. Just discard, like that's a whole Bruce Lee um, um quote, right? What did he say? I, I wish I could recite it now but I've forgotten um, is that you want to just learn the things, integrate it, and just drop what doesn't work. Just get mm. rid of it. We like to hold on to things because, like, that was part of my identity, or it was part of how I was, um, convinced it w- it would work. But mm. sometimes it doesn't. Like, there was things that I did, like, five years ago that I, I probably wouldn't do now, whether it worked, like, I find another way of working with it, or sometimes we. You got to let the dead wood burn off. Yeah. And if you're like, a, if you're, you're the, you're the person who's trying to fix the problem, and we have this thing that, it needs to be fixed today so then I feel that I'm competent, but not necessarily true. And I, I kind of used to think like that, like, let's fix it now. Let's got to let's gotta fix it now. Um, not true, mm. not correct. What's what's um, what's a better advice would be like, all right, how about we manage the situation better and we make successive approximation towards the goal that you want. Have a plan, see that person. Instead of seeing them in three weeks, maybe you see him in a week and a half and then you pick it up from there. And you get better at the job too. You get better of how to... Give people the homework, and they may not be—you may not crack the Da Vinci Code in that one session, but you've created a, a one more step closer towards cracking the code, so to speak. And if you—and that comes down to your own, like you know, mental, emotional, spiritual um, growth—is mm-hmm. that you've got to be willing to um, use the things that, are, like you know, so have that which is the next one have the courage to try new techniques is that you got to you got to step outside of get out of the, your own way sort of thing you want to be you don't want to be in the way you want to be on the way towards I like that yeah towards where you're trying to be at so if you are if you're not confident within yourself and insecure and you're holding on to an old belief that is something that's coming you're from your You're in within. your own way literally so get out of your own way exactly is what you're saying yeah. yeah you know and if you Aren't secure within yourself, you'll hold on to those things because that becomes part of like your identity, your, your persona, the ego. Mm. It's like, but that's what I am. That's what makes me good or whatever it is. And if you're willing to just. Let that, as you said, like, let that rot away because it's probably, like, rotting inside you mm. and it's holding you back and then you move into a new way of expressing yourself or a new technique or maybe you, like, you know, if you're a positive only trainer but you're finding it's not working but, you know, and you're so resistant to putting some pressure on a dog. Because it's an ideology. Yeah, it's like, oh, but, I, but I'm this yeah. and then and then I can't now and... Like I think that's really bad for you psychologically as well as professionally. Like in your work, or it could be the other way. It's like maybe you were using so much compulsion mm. because you thought that really worked, but maybe taking a step back and using more more, more reinforcing, more reinforcement to strengthen yep. behaviors or to move around it, or again working on management. Maybe not putting the dog in a super hard situation and trying to flatten him out. Like why do that when like in using that flooding for that dog may not work take take the longer route around the around the the problem and that does take some some courage because no one wants to look like they're being hired to do something and then they're not competent like that makes you feel awkward and weird and then you feel like a bit of a fraud because people have paid you and it's not working you've got to explain to them that you're not like it's better not to get the quick fix today and that we work harder so we get a longer um, mm, play the long game yeah and the video that I put up or that I put up on stories I'll probably put it up soon is um with a a cattle dog. So I'm gonna. I'll, I'll talk it out here because you know this stuff. Talking about when you like when you really mess up, it's a. Uh, it, it makes you feel like oh, I don't want to share it with people, but like I'm gonna share it. it. Made me. I felt like such an idiot. So um, cattle dog first session, and um, this is recent. Yeah, recent. Like maybe you know a couple months ago, and I just saw the dog last week for our fourth session. Anyway, um, cattle dogs. If you know much about cattle dogs, that they can be pretty gnarly. Mm. Um, they don't really tell much of their behaviour. They it the
1: first or second most, like as in they are the first or second most represented in in uh, dog attacks in Australia.
0: I, I think wouldn't be, be surprised, but I, I think it was second. Yeah, look, they um, they can be in like, dog bites. They yeah. can be really like they can have a hard bite on them, and also like it's their like their-
1: they're working dogs. They're
0: working dogs for you know, literally like herding cattle. So mm. you got to have the balls to mm. to do that. You got to have you got to blindside the bull to kind of push him around. I guess again, I haven't had any experience with this, so I'm just putting myself out there to mm. say that I don't know what I'm saying, but it makes sense. Mm. If you're a herding dog and you got to kind of use a hard bite to push a cattle around, mm. you got to have a hard bite on you. Different to like the the kelpies, yeah. Border collies, they they they, they, do, they they do it a little bit differently, mm. and you, it's, you're dealing with a different animal. But anyway, you mean with, v- the, you mean with the sheep. Yeah, with the sheep yeah. you put like just run out of mouth. I'm pretty sure the sheep yeah. would move. Yeah. Where the cattle would just stand there and be like, <laughs> You serious? Mm. So I'm just assuming, and I would love if someone can um educate me more on that. That'd be cool. Mm. I would like to see more of it as well. But anyway, so dog's there, he's um I believe he's under socialised, he's aggressive. And how old? Um, just over a year. And um uh, when I say aggressive, I don't know if he has bitten somebody, but anyway, he tried to bite me. Well, I guess technically he did bite me, so Something came over me and I just thought, cool, I want to get my hands on the dog. Um, I misread the situation, thought it would be okay. So I grabbed the lead. We're doing a couple of things. He was cool, taking my food and just, he just tripped out. Like, now I say it happened out of nowhere. Nothing happens out of nowhere. Mm. I wasn't paying attention. Um, and, and he just tripped out. I turned around to walk. I think he wanted to go closer to his owner. I I may have, um, like, you know, kind of like, come on, let's walk this way for a bit. The guy just, turned and just lunged at me and grabbed my shorts like right next to my groin and, like, I pulled the lead back and, like, he ripped my shorts. So, like, he was, like, inches, like, no, centimetres from, like, my thigh or even from my private parts. And I'm like, man, I really fucked up now. Anyway, so I'm like, like, I had to, like, kind of, like, turn around, turn around just to kind of get him where he was lunging at me. Like, he would have done some damage to me. Anyway, I gave the lead back and I'm like, all right. Let's reset. First of all, think about how stupid I felt. Because not only did I allow the dog to be in that situation, obviously I misread it. So if I knew he was going to bite me, I probably wouldn't so have done it. What do you it. think you did wrong? Um, I I rushed it, um, and they rushed, were, rushed
1: to get hands on him.
0: Yeah, I should have just not. Get, I didn't like. I have had my hands on him since, and like and trained him, and he hadn't lunged at me uh, since then. But I um, I rushed it. I also felt that it, like I'm standing in the session and they didn't get that control because they didn't know how to use the lead and the collar. They didn't know how to use the food. So I wanted to just demonstrate it to them. And I just, and I thought maybe I could have demonstrated it easier. And and anyway, so that's what happened now in that moment. I apologize by saying, Hey, I think I pushed the dog too far and I didn't want that to happen. Um, number two is that, you, know, you feel like a dummy because your dick nearly got bitten off and that's pretty sucks um, and then <laughs> it would be, definitely yeah. not be a good no, day no way you had to go to St George e d oh, with a dog bite to oh, your privates. no way no good so um and 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 also I um when I say I misread it, that some dogs they would maybe like as a reaction try to bite but then you can stop but this guy had too much too much attitude about him anyway so um I go hey let's just reset go back a couple steps and we'll go from there now it was good. In regards to I face that that own your mistakes. I own my mistake and go, hey man, you're I'm owning not it just- now. Like there's probably a lot of people
1: um, who wouldn't sit on a podcast, their own podcast, nonetheless, and then and mm. say something like that. And sure. again, I don't want to talk about Pat too much, but he talks about this. Like they put p- trainers will put videos up, and they only put up what looks really good yeah. to make themselves look good and to and to show like oh this is the finished product. Yeah, but they don't necessarily
0: put up all the ugly parts for sure. Or, or yeah. admit to that. Well, look, like, and since we're focusing on dog trainers, and this can also be applied to your own dog if you're training, is that, you know, um, taking risks takes practice. Mm-hmm. I've been bitten so many times. I can't tell you how many times I've been bitten. I've been bitten on my hand and got mm-hmm. sent to hospital and fingernail had to be removed and cartilage had to be taken out of I've been bitten by a German Shepherd up under my arm. I've had small dogs bite them and slice my hands open. Like, I've been bitten quite a bit. Um, less so in the last two years because I'm a lot more careful, and I just know that's not worth it. Mm. Um, maybe I was a little bit more of a hero when I began, and I a bit more younger, and I had a little bit more gung-ho Um, yeah, you know, so I just it's all right. And getting bit, and then I was like, well, we we, we recover quicker. Maybe I take longer now mm. to recover than yeah, I did years a ago. As well, you've more but stuff to think about. Hundred percent. So, and you know, so anyway, that's what happened, and um. Anyway, so, and then also I always had this thing in my head that, like, again, this is years ago when I'm like, we don't train with muzzles, blah, blah, blah. Now I'm like, of course we train with muzzles. Obviously you train with muzzles. If the dog's going to bite, um, you put a muzzle on him. Mm. Now you do a muzzle, you put a muzzle on him properly. You've got to condition the dog properly. We're not going to get into that today. But, you know, don't just whack a muzzle on a dog and go, he kind of, awesome, now let's just get to training. Um, I gave them homework on how to condition the dog to wear a muzzle. The dog wears a muzzle, doesn't try to take it off. You wear a Baskerville muzzle, he can open his mouth, he can drink, he can take food, he just can't bite anybody. And What's um, that muzzle called? Baskerville. Baskerville. Yeah, they're, they're the best ones that I find. Of course, there are- That's a brand, yeah? It's a brand, yeah. yeah. Um, and it works really well. So, they, um, so we showed him how to condition the dog with a muzzle. I'm able to get my hands on him now. He's still, like, I still am a bit wary of him. Even though he's got a muzzle, I know he can't hurt me. I don't want him to think that he has to do that. Um, same with other dogs. So now he can walk his dog. The dog's still a little bit on edge, but we walked the Esplanade a few days ago and we walked past like five dogs, no reaction, just walked. I'm like, our first goal is let's get good management and get this dog to understand. So the point of what I'm trying to say here is that you've got to know how to communicate with people. You need to know how, all right, this is going to take nine months, let's just say, for for us to get something reliable. And if we can make these baby steps towards the behavior that we want, then we're setting ourselves up for success and the dog starts to understand rather than going, Hey, tomorrow everything changes. Mm. Um, because it may be too much of a change, maybe too much for the, for the owner and for the dog. So, um, and also talk about like have friends that are in the industry that can understand or relate or even family members to be like, Hey, um, I just need to get something off my chest. Um, I got scared because the dog nearly like hurt me today really badly, and nearly um, bit my junk off, yeah, you know and, <laughs> and I feel insecure about it, I feel stupid about it, and I'm a bit bummed out, and I don't want that to affect the next time I deal with a dog yeah. of a similar um um situation, no. and also you want to be able to know that all right, cool, that's a learn it's not a mistake if you learn from it, if you keep repeating it, then it's a mistake, and well, you don't really- learn
1: when you're right, do you. You learn when you learn from being wrong. That's true. That, mm. that's true. That's the definition of learning. Yeah. You didn't know something and now you know it. Like so building- by definition you were wrong yeah. and now you have learned You've that. You've corrected yourself. Yeah. That's
0: right. So look in this situation now it, it could have been that um that I could have got the dog under control, for sure. But then, and then we have to ask questions, so what does that prove? That yeah, you put some pressure on the dog and the dog stopped, then what? So I thought in that case, when when he come and, and bit me on the pants, is that I settled it, I stopped him real quick, then I passed the lead over. I've gone, let's take a different route to it. So there's no like damage of the ego, He a little bit, for sure, because mm-hmm. we all have an ego. That- when people say don't have ego, that's the biggest ego trip. Yeah. The biggest ego trip is trying to remove your own ego. You are an ego, you are a persona. You can't get rid of that. Mm. You just don't operate your whole life from your ego. Um, and I think that's anyway, that's going down another rabbit <laughs> hole of, of philosophy. <laughs> that's place. on our other podcast, our <laughs> more philosoph- philosophical one. <laughs> but, but it's true that, you know, you will get cop- you cop a couple of hits to it, but you need to, um, learn and through experience, you know how to bounce back from it without. If you need to go to the corner, have a little cry and get back into it, then do that as well. Um, don't take on dogs that are too much for you, but also take on the dog that's a little bit harder so you know how to do it. And that's the best thing about, you know, starting if you are a dog trainer, um, or if you're getting into dog training, you should get a lot of hands-on work. At a sh- I worked at a shelter for three years. Worked at a range of different dog training kennels, um, so they get that experience. Especially with dogs that are a little bit more dodgy, so mm. you get the experience that so you don't have to be trial and erroring on dogs that you're trying to fix. Yeah, when you're on the client's clock. yeah. yeah. And again, you are going to make these mistakes as well. And you know, like someone can say, yeah panos did the, a mistake with this dog i'm like i may have mm. for sure five years ago i may have made a mistake mm. but i now that i want i know i won't make that same mistake again so unfortunately i may have made a mistake i've gone too hard on a dog mm. or maybe i didn't give the best advice for management or whatever and things didn't go to plan but um but hey you know like i don't get into it 2011 and being like everything i know how to do everything now mm. you are going to make those those um mm. have those pitfalls so so definitely have some time to maybe review and journal your your, your session. The hard session, To write down like three or four points and be like, yeah, try not to do that again or, you know, if you push the wolf too hard, he will probably bite you. Um, if the dog's scared of you, um, you know, and if there's a technique that used to work because you thought it worked but it doesn't work now, as I said, just drop it, get rid of it or have it for the time that you need to use it, you know, um, and, and I think that's really important. So, um next point here i've got here is learn how to talk to people and understand people's different perspectives and their psychology so um in saying that you like we're, we're people training for dogs we need to be able to communicate information mm. that has something to do with another species Yeah, you talk- you can't talk i mean you talk to the dog but the dog can't understand what you're saying <laughs> for sure much. so um with every dog there's there's an owner attached to it so if you want to fix the dog you got to Fix a person's um, understanding of how they see the dog, which then means you need to understand different people's perspective and psychology. So, for example, I, my job, I don't see like if I was um like if I wasn't in an industry that was only focused on that industry, like you'd see that sort of like if I worked at the gym, you're seeing people that are into fitness. And you're like seeing fitness people all the time, different sorts of people, mm. but like that mindset where with dogs, it kind of makes you so broad. Sure. You can see like because everyone s- owns a dog, like so many people yeah. own a dog that you know, you could be a single mom, you could be, um, you know, a like um, or- a, a, a same sex marriage, um, cu- um, couple. It could be, um, yeah, an old grandma I saw an 80 year old grandma the other day with her little puppy and that was interesting. Um, second session was really good because at first I had to convince her that she has to walk a dog every day gave a couple of examples she walks a dog twice a day short sure, walks but the dog's getting out every day so, you know you got to learn how to talk to the old grandma compared to the the single guy who's a bachelor and he's got this staffy yep. you know like it's a different mindset um and that takes time, right? Takes time, and also with experience. Like I'm the sort of guy that has had a bit more of different experiences. I never just stayed in one place when I was younger and growing up. I was I was always like mixing with different people, and yeah. and also maybe I wasn't like the, the most um you know um sensible sort of individual. I was super young, like you know, like in my teenage mm. years, um, I kind of learned to push the the boundaries a little bit, you know. And but bit of you- a rat back? yeah, a little bit, just a little. <laughs> we all were, right? For I mean, sure. Yeah, sure. But um, but if you know how to push the boundaries or be a little bit of a rebel, I Mm. guess you can call it. If you know how to push the boundaries and break the rules, you know how to make strong rules. So there's um there's an there's an element to that whole balance of that yin and the yang is mm. that if you know how to it's chaos and order yeah you 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 push you push into chaos a little then you know how to make order a bit more and and that's what's happening with the dogs but also through my experience because like i wasn't really good at public speaking i think i was like in UFO and i learned how to like read out loud yeah i'd stutter and not talk right and my teacher mr burke he was a, he was a good bloke he taught me how to do it um so I had these like blockages and being a bit nervous in front of a crowd. Now I can talk to like a hundred people and yeah. be a little bit more comfortable with it. Yeah. Well, now because we're talking to thousands of people, right? And yeah, and, um- but, like you can do like
1: a demo day down at, at the shelter or like. Even at Cronulla, when you've got an audience there, like yeah. it takes time to grow into these sorts That's of right. this level of comfort.
0: Yeah, you rock up to someone's house for the first time, and be a little bit awkward and odd to talk to the person that you ha- that you don't know anything mm. about. Right? You're in their house. You've, it's a strange environment. It's a new person. That's it. And when you are in that person's house, like you know, like while they're like you know signing the. T's and C's, you'd have a look around and be like, well, oh, there's a couple of crystals around and some spiritual books, so you know that they're into yeah. a bit more of that, where you may be at the other house and it's a bit more clinical and you have a feel that they're a little bit more um, straight-line person rather than like a squiggly-line person or, mm. you know, have another house that you know the place is just like a bomb hit it and it's a little bit more out of order maybe so like again no judging i'm not judging nobody yeah. like people ask oh sorry about the mess i don't care mm. now unless like it's like it's gross and it stinks and there's like cockroaches everywhere and rats i'll be like you need you got a hygiene problem yeah. you got to fix and then that's
1: an issue for the dogs
0: that's safety, it, right and or, yeah. and then i could be the place to say something but look there's no judging at yeah. all yeah. ever i know everyone's not going to have like the most cleanest house for example but you look at you can see someone's um, insides by looking at the inside of their house, right? Yeah, And also the way they hold themselves, how they talk, how they greet you. So once you start to get a feel for these people, you know what language you can use to them. And um, like some people are a little bit less open where the other one's like fully open to um, the more of the the deeper sort of fundamental. Some people are a little bit more scientific minded. We're a bit more, I need just logic to tell me what to do and I'll do it. Mm. Other people you need know, to tell the story and the analogies and the metaphors and they're like, oh, I love how you said that. That makes sense. So you get that through. That's a people skill you learn, you develop. Um, there's. I had a friend that was like a. You know, I uh, um, went to toastmasters very regularly, and he was um, learning, like you know, you could public say, speaking, right? Yeah, like yeah. public speaking, how to make a toast, and how to do speeches and things like. One that. One of my
1: buddies did that, like when we were. I mean, it would have been like first, first or second year out of school. Yeah. And we were sort of like, well, that's a bit weird, but like, it's probably one of the best things he ever did.
0: Well, you know what? It's it, it such a
1: good skill to have. gives
0: you confidence you're talking to people. Learn how, how to confident. hold a room. Yeah. You know? So, like, I haven't done it, but if you want to learn more about it, there are these different places you can do it. Um, and obviously, you know, as I said, you've got an encyclopedia in your phone. You can yeah. learn a whole bunch of stuff. But you know what? You want to learn how to talk to people? Go talk to people. Like, that's just how it is, you know? And if you're a dog trainer and you're at a party and you tell someone you're a dog trainer, you will be talking to people. <laughs> Trust me. They, everyone's got a question to ask or they're fascinated about the job, and it is a cool job, so... But once you start to understand them, you're not telling them from your perspective. You've mm-hmm. got to be a bit more adaptive. Then you've got to communicate information about a technique that has to be done in practice. So you can be a really good dog trainer, but if you have no people skills, your job's done. You've got nothing. Um, and how many times does the dog not react uh, to other dogs or listens to me and is following me um, effectively? But then as soon as you pass the lead over to the owner, they haven't got those skills. And so the dog, so you know the skill. Great. Now, you need to break it down into a way that that person will feel it. So, um, so that's that. Do you think I should add something? You've gone to a few sessions of mine. You see how I talk. Like, there's something- that I mean, you- I noticed, like, you obviously have to um,
1: tailor, like you're saying, you're learning to talk to different people. You've got to tailor the session to- Sometimes it's like um, you might your client might be like a really, you know- um, like a mum who's like a bit, a bit softer with the dog, and then the dog might be playing up because she, she isn't exerting enough, um, not dominance, but enough control over the dog. And mm-hmm. she's like, Oh, I don't want to, I don't want to do this. Da, da, da. So you've got to try and bring that out of them a little mm-hmm. bit more. Or if it's yeah. a really big bloke and it's, it just comes more natural to him. So yeah, like you're learning to speak yeah. and to deal with all these
0: different. Well, I had one client, problems. she, um, so, yeah, she was a little bit of an anxious type mm. and the dog was super anxious and, like, very reactive. And anyway, like, we're going through it and the dog's come a long way. And But this is our first session and I just dropped – I felt like I just had to drop this to her. So, I said, normally, like, just as we're leaving the house, she was like – you can see she was like tensing up, and she almost like she was like kind of sweating, and she was mm. like, "I don't know, I'm gonna do this for two reasons." She knows a dog acts like like a looney tune, but also I'm now watching her, sure. and it, you know, brings on some of those nerves. Where I said to her, "Look, sometimes we bring like the universe will give us something that we need to grow into." So, like for example, here you need a, you're having to learn how to be a little bit more structured and have more clearer communication and be assertive enough to follow through and to tell your dog what to do and what not to do. Um, and the best way that now you're going to pick this up because the dog doesn't do it much with your husband, but with you, she, but the dog does it. Mm. So that means that it's a your problem thing as much as the dog's problem because the dog has a problem for it to elicit the behavior in the first place. Mm. It's going to do it and it has something that we need to work on, but. The universe, and like anyway, so as I'm so, like I may not have used the word the universe, I'm like, but like life, life, life yeah. brings this to you for you to now grow into it. You don't attract the things that you want. You attract the things you need for you to grow into it. And if you ignore this one, then another thing will come or a different, pers- like a different situation will arise. And, and if you don't respond to it and start to grow into it, then these little situations become a bigger problem. And as I'm explaining this, she's like, all right, all right, enough, enough, enough. So, two reasons. First of all, maybe she's too woo-woo for her and it was too much or maybe it was way too confronting and I freaked her out a little. Um Maybe she on maybe some that. level knew it but didn't
1: in that moment.
0: She was like, whoa, whoa, whoa I don't want like, to hey, deal with all this right now. You're the dog trainer and you're telling me about my lifelong issues and stuff because I'm not going into like a deep counselling therapy. I don't know what her life's been about yep. and I don't even want to judge her about her or anything. But if I can drop one or two things, because I, I may have said that to a client two days later – she goes, oh, you're so right. Wow. So, you know, you got to know who to say what with and how far you want to go with some things or how much you need because there's some clients where I would be a lot more softer and relaxed I'm like, hey, let's try this differently when I'd be like, hey, don't do that again. Like you got to know how, how to t- talk to people and what's going to be the most effective in the moment and what would be acceptable so you don't make them feel embarrassed or angry at you. Mm. Um You want them to be accepting and take on some of that. So it does take a bit of practice. Um The best way, if I can give any exa- um um, any advice would be to record some of your sessions. Now I just tell them, "Hey, look, we're recording this, not for YouTube and for um to put out there. It's more just so I can review back on it because I did this for the first year or two. It was just a look back, like in my own time, going like, is that how I said that? Or man, I could have done it better. Was like that was. Were you awesome. recording
1: audio or video? Video.
0: So video. I was watching me myself and listening to how I was talking. So you just set it up. Just, yeah, just balance it on the, on the wall and be like, I'm just recording this just for my own, um, purpose. I want to go back on it and see what I can improve so I can be a stuff. better trainer. Yeah. and You can for you. critique yourself, yeah, right? For the um, and then of course, and you can use that to like ask others or other colleagues or mentors or your boss or whatever. Like, Hey, what do you reckon about this? Um, I did this. I'm like, Hey, I love it. Or maybe next time try this angle, you mm-hmm. know, like you need to know that you mm-hmm. got to critique yourself. So that really helped me, um, so much. So. And also then that comes down to your handling skills as well. Even if you're just a dog owner, just wanting to like learn how you're dealing with your dog, like, you know, your children, your husband or your friend may be able to see what's happening. But when you're in it, you're, it's all happening. So watch it from, or I do that when I'm, when I'm like rolling with, um, expiring at training, mm. you record and you watch back later and go, Oh yeah, I remember that was a bit difficult. Now I see what happened. Mm. Yeah. You, Cause you're in the moment and then you have the a totally teacher. different memory of. In your head of what something yeah. looks like in yes. your head as to the objective reality of a video. Yeah. Or well, even like if your teacher is gone, hey, um, move like this or do this and that. Like it may not make sense then when you're like mm-hmm. under the intensity of the situation. Only later when you're like a little bit less detached or you're more detached, you're like, oh, I see what he meant there. So, that could be the same thing with our dog training. Exactly the same. The problem is that you need someone to follow you if you're out walking, dealing with your reactive dog, you want to know how you move, you may need to get someone to record you. Um, and another thing I think is really important um, is we talk about like, you know, keeping up with physical activity, you know, working out. I've had a lot of injuries and I can, I'm just going to use, um, I'm going to give dog training the um, the um blame for a lot of it. Like, for example, I've done a knee um, arthroscopy. I've had like shoulder issues. um, not so much now, like with the shoulder, um, but th- when I wasn't like working out and keeping my body up to snuff, and I'm not saying like work out so you can be like super strong mm. or like and super big and put on weight, but be functional. Yeah. Do your functional training. Make sure that you're moving your body in a way that's natural. I'll give a few examples. So, for example, I reckon the knee got screwed because it's my right knee that got done. What happened is I tore my meniscus um, inside my knee. So, what happened was if I'm always got the dogs on the left and the dogs are pulling – I'm always using my right leg to hold myself in and it's my pivoting leg as well. Also, um, all right. My
1: brother's a physio, so I'm going to play this back to him and we'll ask, I'll ask him what he thinks and perfect. then I'll let you know.
0: I, I think so. That, keep going that's and then good. I'll ask him. So I reckon I wasn't, and look, I have had hernia to a double hernia before, but that wasn't from anything to do with dog training because it was before I even owned a dog, but, um, the Double hernia from like just exercise. So, I've obviously got a compromised core, right? Yeah, so not training, not strengthening your core means that your extremities, your knees, and your elbows, and your shoulders are going to be copying all of that overcompensating. Yeah, especially when you're dealing with a big dog, especially when you're already not a strong person. How do you stop the roddy from lunging at somebody, not just like stopping them in a training technique, physically holding that dog back without killing yourself or falling over or whatever? And, um. So if I don't have a strong glutes and strong legs, and, and I was never training my legs, hence why I think I think the knee happened. Don't you know, skip the, leg day, bro. No way. Now I've learned that the hard way. Well, look, this is what happened. So the actual, I know there was a bit of like a an injury that was happening in the knee, like previous to this. But I had a Doberman um, in the park. I was sitting on my knees, like so. What do you kneeling? call that position? Like I was like sitting, like like um, on my feet. You know, like when you yeah 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 what kneeling, do you call that? Kneeling. Kneeling. Is that kneeling? Yeah, I kneeling. thought kneeling's like on one knee. Well, you'll you be on both knees. Yeah. That's true. All right. So I was on my knees and had the dog in a long lead and the dog just gone, bah, see ya. And then just like wanted to run towards a playground and like play with the kids or whatever. Not aggressive, completely happy dog, but big and strong. By the, I couldn't get out of that compromised position quick enough as he pulled and went. Bah, and it just cranked it. You followed it straight away. Man, my knee was fully locked up and it was swollen immediately, screwed. That was where, it was where I did the big tear. I called it the bucket handle tear of the medial meniscus. So it was like non-repairable. we have to go in there and surgically surgery, remove it. Yeah. But I lived with it for a year trying to do physio, trying to avoid surgery because I wanted to keep as much meniscus there so I wasn't putting too much pressure on both the teeth. In hindsight, and- do you think that was a good or a bad decision? The surgery or waiting, that waiting. Long. I shouldn't have waited, yeah, because now they had to remove most more of, of it, the meniscus. Yeah. Like, there's most of it's gone. Where if I got it straight away, um, it wouldn't because every, every, once a month it would it would pop up and my knee would um seize up for a week. So, every time that happened, it was a bit more of a tear, a bit more of a tear, a bit more of a
1: tear. I'm doing my best not to swear here because we're gonna, <laughs> we're trying. Your clients tell us that the the kids listen in the car, so I'm not gonna swear. We're but trying to keep it, PG, that's nasty, right? man.
0: Yeah, it's pretty screwed up. So, um, so look, so. That could have been avoided by technique, stronger body, um especially um for the girls out there you know there's a lot of female dog trainers. you should be working on that, working on whatever i 'm not going to give you any advice of what you should train, yeah, get a personal trainer, tell them this is my movement, um and how do I strengthen so, like so now, like I try to work out three times a week at least um i'm really trying to focus on core, core building yeah. um hips legs. And just doing some, some general upper body. And you know what? When I'm working out, I feel just so much better. Yeah. Um, I put a take a video up by the time you guys listen to this, it'll probably be like four or five weeks from when you're hearing this mm. is, um, of me in a black Labrador. Um, definitely check it out talking about just different ways to handle the lead. Have you watched it? No. Uh, after this, no. I'll show you. Yeah. Knowing how to leash lock, yep. um, the lead, knowing how to put the lead, first of all, like up, up on your body and knowing how to use your body weight to like stop. Cause this dog, like, we're walking, walking normal, normal, normal. And then just goes bang, boom, chasing the ibis. And like, I'm not like he pushed into it and stood up and then going, I'm going to chase it. Bang, it was yeah. like from zero to a hundred lunged. But because I've now known how to use it, and I guess that. Which my next point about how to use my body in like a, in like in a fighting situation is that he lunged forward. My hand went onto my hip and I just leaned into the opposite direction because I got the collar in the right position. Um, what happened was as soon as he lunged back, I just shifted my body weight. Boom. He felt the end of it. He came back. I released the pressure and then, and then rewarded him like a couple of seconds after for walking next to me while we walked past the bird. That wouldn't have happened if I didn't know how to use the dynamics of my body weight yeah. and having bent knees and knowing how to. Transition.
1: If you're listening to this and you hear um, panels talk about the collar as well, go back and listen to the Q and A episode about leashes and and collars. Yeah, yeah, definitely. because that's very important. And you, the amount now that I'm into all this, um, the amount of people you see out there with a harness with a rear clip. Oh man, it's the like, dog's gonna pull you over. Yeah. That
0: dog could not go for a walk. At on top of that, with a um, extendable leash. Oh my god! And you just want to like That's, your dog's just going to like <laughs> yeah, kill itself, right? So um, and yeah. not to mention like that girl. Like you should see how she holds the lead. She bends over and the dog pulls it. So Good way to like, pop your shoulder out. Well, like you know, you fall on the ground, you let go of the lead, like yeah. all this stuff. Like and then you're not going to want it. Then you get shoulder. I had a, a client saying that her physio said stop walking the dog because her hips are out of line. Like, and she wasn't like a very strong woman, um, small frame and like a big, like a, it was like a, a Roddy Kelpie or a Roddy Staffy or something, but it was a strong dog, big yeah. dog. Um, Not to mention the dogs are in our lower center of gravity. So it's like, not only do we have to be strong to hold it, but they're now pulling our body into sure. awkward positions.
1: So you helped her to teach the dog to loosely walk?
0: Yeah. So we're doing better. Like now the dog goes out for walks every day. The dog is still. We're still we're getting in progress, there. getting towards walking past dogs with no problem because the dog's just like just way too excited. Mm. Black Labrador, working line Labrador, just full of energy, full of beans, and she's going through her own stuff at the moment too, which doesn't help. But I yep. think that's going to be one way to. It doesn't help her confidence, but but doing it will help her confidence. Sure. So um, so work out, be strong. It's not for um, it's not it's, just it's- for physicality either. It's for your mental state. Like uh, this 100%. week, um.
1: You know, work was busy, and like I'm making excuses, but I didn't get to the gym during the weekdays this week. Mm-hmm. I went last weekend, and I've just trained this morning. And like I'm sitting here now, I feel so calm. I had an yep.
0: hour workout,
1: had a good sweat, Yep. and it's just night and
0: day. Just release the happy chemicals in mm. your body, release that stress. And um, we got a physical job, people. We're not walk- if you're just walking puppies all day, you can probably get a- get away with it. But we're dealing with strong dogs. You got to do it. And then my my last point for today is like sign up to some sort of sporting activity or martial art. Now, I don't say it because of martial arts, I'm so f- um, passionate about it. I say it because there's a few different reasons. First of all, yes, you're learning how to deal with, um, like, no, you're going to learn how to use your body. Um, if you know how to use your body and manipulate a body into certain positions, you're understanding how, um, how would you say, like, body mechanics work. Mm, if you know how, crosses over to the dog, right? We'll cross yeah. over to the dog. Like, for example, if, um, so now I know how to, like, walk a dog with the collar we like any martingale collar should be up nice and high, not because we want to, um, hold him back and hold pressure on is so that there's always a loose lead. But for example, knowing how to like use my body from different styles that I've learned is that, um, we don't want to have to rely on muscle to pull him back. If, as I said before, you just know how to shift <laughs> your body weight and also like getting that lead and fixing onto your hip. I wouldn't have known that yeah. if I didn't d- learn that through, through training. Yeah. You learn that through training because if you want to like put someone in an arm bar, you don't want to like it's again, different techniques and we're not going to get into like a technique, but if I've got the arm bar away from me, there's more chance he can move away from me. But if I can fix his arm onto my hip, now I've got my body weight behind it and I'm using minimum effort to get maximum results, which then crosses over to working with yep. dogs because you don't want to be putting maximum pressure on dogs to get minimal results. You want to, if you're going look regardless from whatever school of thought you, you come from, you're putting a, some pressure on your dog or your dog will put pressure on its apparatus regardless. Yeah. It will jump on people, it will pull on the lead regardless, let's do this for longevity because we want to be doing this as a career for a long time rather than doing it for a short time because you have Injury, shoulder reconstructions yeah. or you get so pissed off or you hurt yourself, you, you know, whatever. Um, but another reason why sport or martial arts or jiu-jitsu or those sort of um, activities are important because first of all you have one person teaching you how to do something under certain pressure. So if you can like First of all, learn how to act under pressure. You're learning how to deal with dogs under pressure, especially if they're aggressive or reactive, um, or if they're just super strong. But also, um, you're learning how to use like instructor speech. Like, you know, you have a teacher, he's teaching you to do something when it's a little bit more difficult. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, and if you can start to understand how to teach people something like, like, okay, you want to, like, I'm not all that great at jujitsu because if it's only been like a new, newer art that I'm like involved with, is that because I don't have a solid foundation with it, it's hard for me to execute any technique when we're rolling. But if I, but that's why, every, each, now that I know how to learn a little bit better, I will try to like focus on a foundational technique in that session that I'm there. Mm. So that I can just try to apply and go, cool, that's like a building block. Mm. Rather than trying to get to a submission straight away, like that's ridiculous You're position
1: just- before submission. That's, that's what it. they say. That's it. So I noticed Glenn from the Carry Nine Paradigms, um,
0: doing B- uh, BJJ now. Yeah, you, you know what? Like, um, I think, well, one of my clients, she, she's seen another trainer and she says, What's up with your dog trainers and martial arts? It's like, I don't know. I think we resonate to it because there's so much similarity to it. There's a sense of physicality to yeah. it. And also, um, you know, where it's a spiritual th- thing as well. Yeah, I, 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 so.
1: I don't think yeah, if you're really thinking about it, I don't
0: think you can deny that owning and connecting with an animal is a spiritual experience for sure. Has to be, you know. You're coming outside of your rationality and you're coming back into like nature, your your, your nature, your heart mm. space into your your compassion side of things, you know. But like, definitely sign up to some, or even if it's like Oztag, like you're just you're keeping yourself busy. You get and also for burnout, also for just learning how to balance yourself. It doesn't have to be that. It can be choreographed, dance, for all I care. You can sign up to do some other hobby, whatever mm, it is. Mm, I don't mm. care. But find what you're passionate about and then do that and hopefully you can find- Like I listen to a whole bunch of different podcasts and learning things and only like a quarter of what I listen to is dog training related. Mm. But if I listen to all the other things, I make these connections in terms of how we learn and how we experience yep. and then connect it back to my job.
1: I was listening to- um, was I think it was a famous- like a, a electronic music producer, and they're asking him what music he listens to. And he's like, I listen to everything except for the same genre that I produce. Yeah. Wow. Because that's where he gets all his inspiration for. You've got to go outside your own little box, your own little world yeah. to to get that sort of influence. It was and a cool thing
0: that we did. Same teacher, actually, Mr. Burke from Year 4 They got us to do this thing. I think we did it once a month. It was called Connections. So, he would give us something. Let's say Gorilla. Okay. And then- once a week, you would need to find something that's connected to a gorilla and then you get the excerpt from like a, um, encyclopedia. Cause before we use like encyclopedia. <laughs> yeah, I it's remember time. that. remember that Britannica yeah. or whatever. So we, um, so we go, okay, cool. And then I'm going to choose now tree. And then the next day after that, you go, okay, we'll, we'll choose oxygen. Mm-hmm. And then you go and then you choose that. And then like at the end of the year, you can see where you started with gorilla and then you ended up with like a, like a, I don't know something random, a car or something, and you'd see how everything's connected. Now, the point of that, maybe that was a foundation that I learned something because how do I still remember it, is that everything's connected in one way or another, and if you can find these correlations through different pursuits that you put yourself on, because training a dog, like I learned this before we wrap this up, is that all these years of teaching people eh, stimulate and exercise your dog mentally and physically, mental, physical, mental, like that was my mantra, then like it was a moment where I thought, sat back and gone, why aren't I stimulating myself mentally and physically? And if I am, where am I doing it and how do I do it? So that's what um, like going to that BJJ class um, once a week does for me is, yeah, okay, I'm not like on the pursuit to like go into competition and be really good at it. I'm doing it because it's challenging. It's um, great for the body. Like I'm so sweaty at the end of it. It's crazy. Um, but also it's a mind and body exercise. Like you're having to think yeah. and move under pressure. And we want to try to use that sort of um, understanding towards our dogs. Stimulate your dog mentally and physically. It's not just a walk. The walk has to be dynamic enough for the dog to have a job. So – um so those are a few things for everyone to ponder on and to think about. And I'm, I like um,
1: that. That's, I'm, that was a good one.
0: Yeah. I'm happy to share it because I'm really passionate about, it. obviously I am a dog trainer. I also have all these other things that I like to learn. Like, like I, you know, I listen to Jordan Peterson before I even met you. I like yep. him. Right. Yep. So Same. I listen to it because it stimulates me. It makes me think. Or for example, there's other people that I listen to. I spend my time listening to things outside of dog training because I'd like it and I enjoy it, but also I want to make the connections and, um, and, where um, I'm inspired by those things. And that those things
1: that positive um the positive things you take from that carries over into your career as a as a dog trainer. Into sure. your the way you deal with the people and the dogs and
0: well, like Joe Rogan was talking to um Robbie danny Robbie Danny Jr. And um uh, that was a cool interesting podcast. I actually enjoyed Iron it Iron Man. Um yeah Iron yeah. Man it was cool man yeah. it was good. And there was a few things that he said in that episode I'm like, wow, it was nice to it was refreshing because it reinforces certain things. And you know we're human. We know we we're, we're training dogs, but mm. we got to mm. we got to connect with those we, with our people. So it's pretty cool. Like what
1: an age we live in. Like there's no this there's, there's like literally other than Rogan or or podcast. There's zero situations where someone like Robert Downey Jr. You where you or I would be able to hear unedited three hours of what someone like Robert Downey Jr. thinks. Yeah, do you know what I mean? You yeah. go and see him in a movie, but that's and that's not completely him, different. Right? No, it's, it's not him. The He's role, acting for sure. You yeah, know, and it's um, very cool.
0: It is cool. You know, and um if there's any trainers out there, give us a shout out, um, share it with your friends or with your colleagues. And, um, if we any- want
1: to, we want to start having some guests on the show as well. So yeah, we, know.
0: we, I think we've, we've gotten to a point where we've established quite a good foundation. Mm. So we do have a massive list of of people and I have asked a few people, um, and everyone that I've asked is keen. So we're going to get them on the show hopefully soon. But if you're interested, you know, you can contact us if you've got a story to tell, um, or if you've got something to share with the people, we're happy to do that. And, um, Yeah, if you like what you're hearing, then obviously um, rate the show, um, leave a comment, review it, share with a friend, subscribe, all platforms of our podcast. And um, yeah, we love you all. Thank you so much. Thanks
1: for listening. We'll see you next time.
0: Thank you for listening to another show of Life With Your Dog. Please like, rate and share if you're enjoying our podcast. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. For all dog training videos, tips, and techniques, visit noocherspooches.com.au. Thank you and stay tuned for next time.